0: Welcome to Game of Nodes, weekly podcast on the cosmos for independent validator teams.
1: I can't believe that worked. Did you press the button and it finally worked? I've I've been pressing
2: it for the last 13 minutes nonstop.
1: Amazing. Okay. Uh, Hello everybody. Welcome to Game of Nodes. Uh, Sorry about the slight delay. Um, As Null just said, possibly and it possibly was heard on the stream, we're validators, we don't have a backup plan. So when our streaming provider of choice decided to go down for 15 minutes right at the start of the stream, we were completely effed. So anyway, we're happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. And what are we going to be talking about tonight, Null?
2: So we're talking about Prop 16. We, uh, We avoided the shit out of it last time we had a stream, and now we're talking about it. But it's just like a bit of a general chat about a few of the different proposals that have gone up. And I don't think we're going to be, uh, you know, picking sides or anything like that. We're just having a nice general chat about what's available uh, and then moving on. And we're going to talk about some uh, monitoring this week as well, as well as a little bit of Horcrux and whatever anyone else uh, decides to talk about. And, you know, Horcrux is a signing method uh, that Jack is pioneered actually in his team so um, hey. anyway, moving on so does anyone want to make an introduction to the prop 16 for anyone who doesn't know
3: what we're talking about? Um, oh man. That's oh, there he is. That, that, that's a loaded question. Hey, Joe, so uh, they said that you're going to give an introduction on Prop 16. <laughs> right off the bat, just tell me your, well, tell me your feelings. Welcome. Let's go. Share yeah, it. You know, it's so simple, like a baby could actually. <laughs> um, I know, had to explain this to my wife the other night. It was uh, challenging.
1: I used your flow chart, Joe. <clears throat> oh,
3: yeah, yes, I need to try that. Vanessa would love it. Uh,
4: so we we like to reward early adopters and uh,
5: so financial we,
4: backers we like of uh, to crypto systems reward early adopters and uh, financial so we, backers
0: of uh who adoptors. is that why am oh, i oh there we going? go that somebody somebody's watching me <laughs> person who's slowly nodding positive i'm <laughs> guessing okay please continue sorry david yeah
4: so uh, we do these things called airdrops and they usually work out great because we reward people that participate and uh, everything's merry um, and then you know we do them again and again and again and uh, and life is great uh, and the trick is to construct the airdrops in a way that they're fair and that they don't over reward someone or that they're not announced too early so someone can like you know try to get all the tokens for free um, and what we found And the Juno stake drop is that someone got more tokens than we expected. Um, And by we, I mean the the core team. I'm a bystander. So the core team discovered that they had awarded more tokens than they wanted to. uh, And so there was an initial attempt to try to pull those back. It was rejected. There was a second attempt to uh, pull those back. It passed. And now we're trying to figure out what that means, uh, how we can do it. And in the meantime, there have been a few alternative proposals uh, or or remediations uh, recommended. And so, you know, we've basically been hashing that out. So it really comes down to does governance override your keys, your crypto? Um, And I think in extenuating circumstances, we've seen it do that. We've seen it do that in Cosmos. We've seen it do it in Osmosis. And Juno is the next test of of those two principles. I think that's a really nice way of letting it
3: out,
5: John. I feel like it's worth
3: taking
5: taking a moment to talk a little bit longer about airdrops because, really, that's where the important bit here comes from. Um, And airdrops are such a specific thing to crypto that. Granted, all of our everyone that's being probably knows crypto, but for those that don't, um, it's really worth emphasizing the importance of an airdrop to like stimulate the initial community. Juno's kind of claim to fame was that it's you know basically by the people for the people. It's a community network, um, but other chains they use airdrops to achieve different things. For example, Dig they airdropped to a social network. I want to say in order to to bring in like a specific community into theirs. And so because airdrops have this certain um, basis around them, um, thought structure around them, it's very common for people to try and game it, which is kind of the reason why people thought initially that the whale was trying to game it deliberately. Um, A lot of people, they will create different wallets. They will, you know, stick a single token on 100 different wallets and stake all of them to try and optimize their airdrop because, in theory, it should be very profitable, such as in this example. Um, But, in effect, the intention of it is to stimulate the community, as you said.
2: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, in terms of, Juno and the airdrop and Juno and the whale I think the basis of um, you know the the outrage is that they've unfairly gained a large amount of token on the network Basically in that it's sort of a lot of people feel it's not in the um, uh, In the spirit, I guess of the airdrop and what it was meant for so um, also uh, people seem, um, you know, concerned that someone with that amount of token, no matter how they got it, can uh, in some way damage the, the network by, I don't know, selling, I guess, is the biggest fear, um, a lot of token at once. But it's raised a lot of, you know,
3: it, it's not... Well, it's, I think it, it, more it, than it, just it's selling, it's governance, too. You know, because... I mean, like what Joe was saying, where governance really does end up having absolute control over this. We've seen this happen in a couple of other chains where we can sort of make arbitrary state modifications, and if that governance power uh, would be used maliciously by an actor with a huge percentage of stake, that that creates danger. And you know, the the selling thing is something that I think a lot of folks are. No, you're absolutely right. Like a lot of folks are worried about that, but um, for me personally, I think the governance thing is a little bit more worrying. So yeah,
1: there's I think there's a bit of a divide, isn't there? Where I think devs and devs and validators maybe think governance is probably the bigger of the two issues, and that you know as long as they don't dump all their tokens in one go, it's not that it's a non-issue. But it's it's the tokens are there. It's not the end of the world. Is a kind of pretty common. There are variations. I think there's a spectrum of opinions, obviously. But the governance thing is the one that I think all and certainly every Devon Validator I've really talked to is worried about the governance implications, whereas I definitely feel like from having spoken to people in the community over the last week, be it on Twitter, be it on Telegram, and yeah, frankly, people coming out and saying, don't agree with your view on this, here's what I think is the biggest thing is that there generally seems that in the community at large the thing that is concerning is the pure number of tokens and whether that means um, whether that's simply that they are un- perceived as unfair or whether that's you know for dumping reasons or um, eliminating liquidity reasons, I don't know. I think there's again there's a variety of opinions as to why that's a bad thing. Uh, but I think that's also muddying the water of like how we've been trying to discuss this thing because I think a lot of the time we're going like, oh, but we can solve the governance issue in all of these different ways. But it comes back to the thing that Joe said, right? Which is, is it, in our resolution of this, which are we giving primacy to, right?
4: And so so what we've also heard, right, is arguments about real-world circumstances where, well, if a bank gives you money in error, the bank can claw it back. And it's like, well... We're not really a bank. (laughs) This isn't really a currency. Uh, If someone, you know, gives you property, uh, you know, at least in America, uh, the government can't take your private property without, you know, getting through some uh, additional, uh, you know, warrants or, you know, legislation or or paying you for the property Um, in goods, Uh, If someone delivers a package to your door and you didn't order it, it's yours. The company can't call up and say, hey, by the way, you need to pay for this, or hey, by the way, I want that back. Um, It's yours. There's consumer protection laws that that protect you in in that instance. So this is also
1: quite interesting, though, for, for the reason of like, you know, I think a lot of people who are validators in particular are obviously concerned about the law in their jurisdiction. But an interesting corollary of this entire discussion. So obviously, I work on a lot of the uh, several different projects that are building on Juno. And the dev teams are multinational, right? We're we're in multiple jurisdictions. The chain itself is in no fixed jurisdiction. Um, and so it's a kind of like, how do you even set up a project to work on a chain when it's fundamentally multilateral, right? Um, yeah. And then how do you work out what your... Liable for because you know there are people who will say to you if you say you're a validator and you're concerned about um, regulators, so I don't think it takes a regulatory regulatory lawyer in a lot of situations to look at the current regulation depending on your jurisdiction and make a pretty clear um, risk profile of what's going on here. But then people can quite reasonably say, well, but but which regulator do you mean? Are we talking about Japan here? Are we talking about the UK? Are we talking the US, Europe? Um, where and there is a real sense in which nobody really knows, you know, where the jurisdiction of uh, these things begins and
3: ends. We just know where we are, <laughs> you know. One one really weird note about this on the jurisdiction thing, especially, I think it would be uh, really fascinating if Juno is the first chain that decides to do sort of an unorthodox state migration like this in a way that was not forced by any government agency. Because th- there's been a lot of ink spilled and sort of think pieces written about how these networks are like potentially vulnerable to uh, outside pressure from state agencies. And like if the state agencies decided to try to push for something like blocked addresses, they could coerce the networks into running them. But this is something that our community has chosen voluntarily. Which, uh, you know, as a um, crazy crypto libertarian slash anarchist, makes me feel feel things that I don't quite know what to say about. It's uh, leads to a lot of very interesting questions. I yeah, mean, I, I guess mean, that's
1: I think a lot of us have been thinking that this is a really, really academically interesting. Yes. And that we all want, we're all really, really excited about the blog posts and think pieces we're going to write after this is all over. But it would be really, like, totally awesome if we still had Juno to work on when this was all over as well, you know?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I I do think it's very important to stress the number of paths that we have considered (laughs) to implement. (laughs) To devise, to work around, <laughs> to undo the undo. <laughs>
1: in between, in between the dog gifts, and just with my with right, my chat with you, Joe, I think there's been about fifteen hundred different potential solutions.
4: Yes, and and so with each one of them, there's repercussions. There's potential fail whales, fail cases where hmm. uh, you know we suddenly halt the chain. And so, how can we prevent that? Uh, and so. You know, I, I understand that we all want this to come to a close. Um, but we want to do it with intention and care and to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for, you know, <laughs> a bright future as opposed to setting the stage for a dark, <laughs> bleary, authoritarian uh, thing.
2: Yeah, So I think... I think if we can agree on anything, it's that it's this hasn't been great for Juno as a whole, and it's been incredibly stressful for a lot of people, Whether no matter which side of the fence you're on. Um, you know, whether you're pro yes or pro no with Vita or whether you're just uh, – or the whale or, you know, whether you're a piggy in the middle, um, it's been incredibly stressful. And I think a lot of people are starting to get fatigued from it as well. Um, and I think the community as a whole on all sides of the fence really just want it to be a resolution and to be able to move on with development, um, which, you know, you don't hear much of the development at the moment because of all this as well. So there's a lot of um, I mean, a lot of good projects and important things
0: going on. I mean, there, there is development happening though. Sorry, you server. That's no, okay, Jack. I was going to say, and it's such a weird fence. You said like be on both sides of the fence, but it's not even pro CCN and, and, you know, against this. It's, it's it's some pitchforking and, you know, this is a wrong that we need to right, which I understand. That's a valid viewpoint. And then there's this, what we've been talking about, which is, like, Jack, make a good point. Like, are we setting a precedent for how other bodies can come in and said, this is not immutable. This is something that can be changed. Like, all we had was, a, you know, a very close vote that had really poor documentation and details behind and then had confusion in terms of, hey, change your vote at the last minute. And a lot of other things like going on through that process that it's a really weird fence. Thanks dude. Um, and, and I think that it's such a, like a, I don't know, it's, it's a really, it's a really difficult position. So I think there, this pitchforking out here like around the validators that like people are saying, Hey, we want to stop and think about this. doesn't necessarily mean that it's one side of this, this weird proverbial fence, but it's a little bit more around how do we want to set a precedent here about how this goes forward. And so I think, there is a lot of stress around it and there is a lot of conversation around it. I know that the, this community is really really vibrant around trying to solve like the to, to fix this, you know, to write this wrong type of idea, but I I don't know if there's really a hurry. I know everybody says, you know, looking at the rewards out of that account, those were, that's been going on for how long, right? 8 months or whatever it is. Like if we take another month, who cares? Like it's not a big deal. Like it's 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 not something that – if this proposal didn't come forward, we would not be talking about this right now, right? If this proposal wasn't – this might have been something we might have come up like a year from now, like, holy shit, look at this account, right? Um, But just because of this fever and this kind of structure that we created now, I think it's feeding on itself. And I think what worries me most about this, and I'll stop talking, is that I don't want to set a precedent around just creating a fever that gets – generated in Twitter and other types of things, and everybody's running after this type of thing without really understanding the reason or the why or anything else um, and trying to get to the details of what's going on there.
2: I think think something else worth noting um, as well uh, is that up until now, the CCN have been diluting themselves every day um, by selling. So they've actually been reducing their voting power. Every day from by diluting themselves by selling, and that's now stopped. Yeah, so that's another thing. Um, Like, if if we make them never sell and stake every day, then they're just going to increase their voting power.
1: I I think, as well, like just picking up on what you said, was saying there as well. I think, Noel, you said this um, a couple of weeks ago when this first kicked off, which is like, you know, however, we come to a solution here, like, everybody will hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the short term, and in two months, we won't be talking about
3: it. Like, I mean, this is this is the inherent so. nature of, of, of compromise. Um, and uh, if, if there's one thing that uh, good governance does, it forces people to compromise. So uh, I think that if if we all hate it, that's probably a, a good indication that it's working well. I agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, on the um, one thing I want to kind of kind of circle back on that we've kind of brushed over, and I think that as somebody who voted no on the proposal and has been very public in their views, um, you know this is something that I feel like doesn't get enough air. Like, CCN? Like, not great. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, I think we can all agree that, like, CCN is not great. Um, I so found out about this.
1: I have to say, allegedly, CCN are not great. It's not great. been involved <laughs> in involving some not great behavior. Yeah.
3: Very um, allegedly. allegedly, I, I forget allegedly. about. I, I forget that in England you guys have actual censorship, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. The, 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 the home of the free press, where it started, and, and you guys have censorship. Um, the, like I found out about this entity back in 2020. Someone's like they're running this huge MLM in Japan, and like there were the the, the Tokumi Anso uh, Twitter account at that time had just photos and videos of people like speaking about Cosmos. And like, I don't know if people know what was happening back then, but that was like DeFi summary tailed off, prices were way down, like we hadn't hit the crypto bull yet. Like Atom was struggle zone. We hadn't shipped IBC yet. It was a real, a real tough time. And like nobody was buying Atom. And CCN went from nowhere to the fourth largest validator by doing whatever they did in Japan. So like the really morally murky things are like to get this cool IBC thing that we really like a huge part of that might've been like this weird MLM scheme in Japan that like none of us like did a bunch of shady things that drove the price up, right? They drove the price up a, well, no, that bought when nobody else was buying. So essentially sure. supported, supported the price. Yep. Um, yeah, That one's super weird to me, and I I don't know quite how to feel about it. Um, And then, like, suddenly they get all these IBC airdrops because they have this weird wallet management strategy where they're, like, the whole story is stranger than fiction in a lot of ways. And, like, yeah, it's just, it's bizarre to me.
1: I mean, also, the the whole story of this, how this has unfolded with the interactions and stuff, uh, like you know at first i thought it was the language barrier and then for a while i was like you know are they negotiating in bad faith do they just not understand the seriousness of the situation no and and i think it's actually a combination (laughs) of a lot of the above and also like yeah i don't know if you've like seen these guys but they're also like I'm not that old, but they're young guys as well. <laughs> like yeah. young guys who have made a lot of money, and I think there's a really strong element that they don't really know how they've ended up here, other than they have. Like, and some of that's obviously yes. been intentional. Obviously, yeah. you don't just make that kind of money without making conscious decisions along the way. But there is, like, like you just said, Jack. There's a stranger than fiction element to this entire thing. Yeah. Which I think, like, the kind of weirdness element of it cannot be underestimated in terms of how we've ended up. If you start off with a fundamentally weird situation, you can't be too surprised that it gets weirder and weirder and weirder the more you scratch, right? Yeah. And we're at the point now where we've scratched
3: (laughs) off every single layer of the, of the, of the, of of the, the I don't know about that. that. I think that there's this whole onion sitting down there about the real history of CCN. That once people find out about it, everyone's gonna be like, "Fucking really?" Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just know what the onion smells like at this point, and I'm like, that onion did not smell good. Yeah, and I, I would say like, that. I I think it's
1: not. I think it's well within my rights within the the legal and libel system of the UK to say there is something a bit fishy going on here. Mm-hmm.
3: Alleged. I mean, that's that's why I voted no. Like, it smells wrong, but, like, I couldn't find where the smell came from. So, like, is
1: it? Right. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly it. Like, I think, you know, the position that we, we came out very publicly uh, with a no vote very early, relatively early on in, in 16's discussion, uh, moved to no with veto, have taken some flack for that. And I think it kind of boils down to this thing of, like, there's obviously something weird going on here, and we obviously don't like the the whale you know um and definitely think there's something a bit up with their business practices uh but can can we extend that to breaking what we see as you know sanctity of wallet balances because we don't like somebody that's not really
0: the trial right I mean, the trial is, the trial is, was this delivered erroneously and should it be, you know, is there a problem within that? And I think Joe started this out with saying that this was delivered by mistake. I I don't know if you use that term or maybe I just heard that term, but it it, it wasn't delivered. delivered. It wasn't though, right? Because at the time they were separate wallets. Only later did that. We realize or that I guess individuals realized after they combined it, if they wouldn't have combined it, we wouldn't have had this conversation, right? It would have just been 50 wallets. that all had a ton of Adam in it, right? Or, or maybe 73 or 76 wallets whatever it is um, no, I, thought, I thought anyway I keep finding <laughs> that's a separate episode <laughs> that's episode 4 we do a whole episode it's, it's a teaser right, for cabbie. episode 3 it's just yeah
1: cabbie, it's a cabbie with a flipboard board <laughs> a flip board at that's a point the you know, so like, and as you can see from position 5 and then flips over the flipboard, board will oh, be hilarious. like this is another wallet I discovered right,
0: right. So but but after that was after that was discovered, then then I think really then I started to understand, OK, this is maybe one person. And then after that, that was in the proposal came forward and then really the investigation started to understand And then we had revealed who that person, that group was. Then we started understanding it was if it was an exchange or not. Right. All that happened after the proposal was delivered. So I I think like this is a it's kind of like we went to trial before we even did. We had a case. To really understand what the details of that case was, and we went into trial, and we realized, oh crap, we have the wrong thing on trial here. Um, but but I but I do think going back to, to the point before, which is 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 how the business run part of this decision, and I I think it's like a jury situation, I guess maybe, but I, it's really difficult to put that on that on trial as part of the fun piece of it because there's probably more to that weird. onion as That's well, right? Isn't that
1: like- Yeah. You, you, you know, like if if we're going to put on trial an entity because put it whichever way you want, like is their business practices or we don't like them or whatever, then right. what's to the stop a regulator coming along later and saying, "Well, look, you guys, you did this thing before because you were like they're super shady and you wrote sure. a lot of stuff publicly and yeah. you put you put your reasoning on chain and then voted on it." So. We say these guys are terrorists or these guys are whatever or whatever. And, like, again, I'm not making a moral judgment on this either way. Like, I'm not super jazzed about criminals or terrorists or whatever. whatever. Anyway, but it's about whether or not we actually have a remit to act or whether we're setting a precedent here or specifically a precedent that can be um, repeated. And then, you know, back to your point, Usurpa, you were saying, like, a lot of the reasoning here was rushed. But I think that's why it was very important to look at Jabby's first proposal, which was, you know, the reasoning of the proposal was, uh, Prop 16, the wording was everything over 50k, you know, gamed wallet. Mm -hmm. And by that, you have to then look at Jabby's first proposal, which is every single wallet over 50k, which merged and which we can identify, that that isn't the Prop 14 multisig, quick edition or the IBC Relayer account. You know, if you're going to claim it's a clawback or a generic clawback, I think you have to. That's the only argument you can fall back on. Say we have to burn all those, but right. you know that burning 13 wallets or whatever is not a good look. So it's kind of again back to the like, you know, what is? And I know we yep. didn't know this before Prop 16 went live, and that's why we are where we are, right? That, but that's it's a super that, important.
4: It's very uh, fundamental
1: point. to what we're talking about, isn't
4: it? In, in <laughs> that Prop 16 went live before I think any of us on this call knew it was a thing. Yeah. Um, we, we knew that Prop 4 was a thing, but we didn't know Prop 16 was going to happen until, you know, oh, look, there's a proposal up for vote. Hey, wait a second. This looks familiar. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, I think I was, uh, I was on Splitting Atoms two weeks
3: ago uh, when this happened. And I think you can see me at the beginning of the show go, oh, this proposal just went up on judo. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
4: it's you weren't terrible. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. The Cosmos Club Network. So does anyone uh, know A.K.A. Debo,
3: A.K.A. Game. Well, didn't they have some rug from 2017 or mold? a couple of rugs? So Mold, I think, was their original. Mold, uh, A.K.A.
2: So- mold. So I'm not sure if that was, um, I mean, I don't really know the details, of it, but I'm not sure it was a rug. I think I think uh, basically they, it was their game project called Mold that they were going to do on another network. And then, um, so they ICO'd, I believe, and then, you know, the ass fell out of everything. So um, I think the plan was to um, distribute some of the game to uh, the Mold holders or something like that, but can't be really sure. I haven't seen the tokenomics of the thing, but. Um, yeah, don't know if it's legit a rug, though, I guess is what I'm saying. Um,
4: so When I was uh, investigating, like, the claims for Prop 16, one of the things that some folks were asking me was, would you care if they were MLM Ponzi scammers? And I was like, no. <laughs> As written, there's, there's the criteria for, uh, for the stake drop, they have met the stake drop criteria. They, they applied this before they could have known the stake drop criteria. There, there's nothing wrong here. And then they write a medium article that says, so (laughs) we, we sort of hold our our customers funds in custody and we provide liquidity on their behalf. And we also like, you know, buy and and sell Adam on their behalf. And I'm like, well, (laughs) That's like the definition of an exchange.
1: <laughs>
2: they certainly—they
3: <laughs> have a lot of holes in their feet, for they, sure. Well, they, they, did, they, they, they also did. take Sorry, a huge no. commission. Mm-hmm. But the period in which they bought Adam and then gave it back to people basically ensures that whatever they did otherwise, like they made their clients like a x so who can get mad at them? Which is kind of another crazy situation about this whole CCN thing. That like,
1: wait, yeah, exactly. What? even if it was done in like with the intention to like potentially like so even if even if somebody could successfully allege that they were doing it in the with the intent of defrauding customers, which obviously would be a serious allegation, yes. um, and, and is not proven. They nevertheless, because of market conditions, returned a forex return for <laughs> <to> their customers, <laughs> thus making them kind of great guys if you're their customers, right? Which is insane, right? Because uh, when else is when, when else would such a thing like accidentally be
5: that? Um, I- Profitable, crypto. It's right? only crypto. Well, well and they sure. advertise right. fairly right. modest returns, something like eight yes. percent or seven percent right. or something like that, and to instead get four hundred percent in two years. That yeah. Well, nice, I mean,
1: but- whether or not they actually return that much to their clients, I don't know because I think they had um, you know uh, contracts with a fixed APR in in place. So I think. What actually happened was it was like a bank savings account where you say you can get two and a half percent. Let's say, I mean, you definitely would not get two and a half percent right now with current market conditions. But like, you know, if the ba- if you give the bank your money, they give you two and a half percent back on savings rate. But then they go gamble with that, doing options or CDOs or something, which is what banks actually do with your money. And they return ten times investment or they lose it all. They take that and you still get two percent, whether they lose it all or whether they return a hundred times. You know. And I think like it's a kind of a similar situation here, wild and crazy um though it is and 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 some of the some of the jump throughs as well to kind of make all that work are are super sus like the fact they were issuing essentially a token that was not a token um to represent the atom like that's like a what a bearer token security i mean.
3: Oh, yeah, that's all kinds of security flaw issues. So, so, I mean, this
1: is not an alleged. I can just say this. If they did that in the United Kingdom, that would require full regular. I mean, first of all, the running an exchange, that requires regulation with the FCA. Issuing a token that's pegged to a security, the potential security, the access of security, pretty sure that that's a regulated activity. There's a lot of things there that are like, okay, yeah. But that's, many, how, that's how – That's how. because, again, we're, none of us are Japanese legal experts. Obviously, this apparently can get around whatever legal restrictions are in place. But, gosh, it does not look good.
4: Yeah, but <laughs> so just look at Prop 16 as written, <laughs> which everyone likes to go back to because they're like, oh, why are you doing what Prop 16 written? Well, it was wrong. <laughs> it was categorically wrong. <laughs> it, it made claims that are false. <laughs> And, and and we can prove it. Like, look, I, I have the data that <laughs> says it's wrong. Um, and uh, so, wh- why aren't you implementing it? Uh, well, you know, that's that's neither here nor there because the the community voted, and so the expectation is that, of course, we'll we'll carry that out. Um, and so, in in my authoring of you know a, a follow up proposal was to try to set the record straight, and and make sure that. <laughs> We're not going to face liability on making false claims and executing judgment or, or remediation based off of, of false claims. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the virtual currency exchange definition, based off of Japanese law, is is still even like, shaky ground. Um, so, at any rate, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. Though. It's definitely exercise my understanding of I am not a lawyer. Yeah, no kidding.
0: It's interesting, though, because this idea, I don't know if they're exchange or not, whatever that definition is, but get away from that. Like, I've been on 10 WebExes lately in the last six months around funds built in the U.S. that take in customer money that stake across multiple crypto chain, like different ecosystems that return back with a K1, right? Like just a a standard investment that has a structured uh, endpoint on that do those that might be one wallet or many wallets who knows it's a fund account right Your, people are putting in hundred, two hundred thousand dollars into a into a fund account they might make 60 million or something like that and then be able to stake that across multiple chains and they return some sort of some sort of understanding of fixed percentages do they get airdrops like they would right like depending on how they're getting blacked out like they might have multiple like, maybe they have multiple wallets to get around that type structure the same thing like like regardless of where ccn those funds where they came from and the, the the story behind that, I'm not defending that in any sort of way, but this problem, this problem is not unique to this individual, this individual group. I think this is yeah. going to be a bigger and bigger issue. And if a group like that, like how would they deal with that in the U S from a tax perspective to say, Hey, we, now we, we had these customer accounts and now we airdropped 50 million in value across these other types of chains, but they're not traded. Cool so they don't names. really have they." yeah, exactly. Like it's, I think it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a really interesting issue. Oh, Joe might have clear. some interesting.
3: Yeah, Joe might have some interesting uh, thoughts on okay, that. as point. A, as, so, as so
4: grayscale is, is a, a fantastic uh, over-the-counter um, fund that you can invest in on Fidelity or or other, you know, um, exchange services, uh, stock exchange services, and so you can buy a share of this fund that represents a share. Of Bitcoin um, called GBTC or Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Okay. And when that happened, uh, I bought into it before the Bitcoin Cash split and then Bitcoin Cash split. (laughs) And so suddenly, you know, you have all these investors wondering hey, wait a second, like, shouldn't I get? GBCH or, or, you know, whatever is equivalent. Sure. And what ultimately happened was they said, OK, we're going to hold on to it for a second. We're going to see which way the market goes. And the market stayed with Bitcoin. And so then they liquidated the BCH. And then, like, I got an airdrop of USD in my Fidelity account um, out of the blue. And it's like, oh, great. So that worked out just fine. So they sold uh, it? Yeah, they sold it. Did,
3: did you did you get your Bitcoin gold and your Bitcoin diamond and your Bitcoin blue and your Bitcoin
4: secret? I have so many Bitcoins. Well, <laughs> not from grayscale.
3: I have so many Bitcoins, you guys. So many Bitcoins. So, many Bitcoins. so many Bitcoins, but not what you think.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I have so many shit Bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> shit bits. Shit bits. Shit bits. Shit bits. Yeah, it's just like, how is
3: uh, how has Coinbase handled this in the past? Have they given full access to forks and airdrops to people? Or like are they like sitting on keys worth millions of dollars in Osmo and Juno? Uh,
0: like some some airdrops have to be missing those accounts, right?
3: Like it has to be Yeah, totally. I mean for Juno, think about this. If you look at the list of excluded addresses in the Juno airdrop file, it's just the validator addresses of the exchanges. Mm-hmm. Which, like, cool, fine. Exchanges use many other wallets that sure. aren't their validator address. Sure, so have, like hot oh, cold
1: wallets, oh, everything no, else. No, right? no, no, the airdrop was perfect. Apart from <laughs> just, this of, oh, oh, right, right? just this one issue,
3: oh, just no, oh, no, oh, this one. No, this oh, is oh, airdrop oh. from heaven. Mana from heaven. Nothing wrong with this mana.
1: Well, see, so have, have you heard the micro whale conspiracy theory? This is my favorite conspiracy theory. Oh, I,
3: please, please, have sir. You heard the, so
1: the micro whale conspiracy theory is so obviously there's been an argument about whether or not um, Atom has been returned to clients in their own cust- uh, non-custodial wallets by CCN over time, because it's very, very hard to verify that, right? So, So some have alleged that that might not have happened. And the question that comes along with that is, okay, if that didn't happen, then assuming it's trackable, how do you just create 30,000, 40,000 wallets, right? And manage them as if they're one wallet. And a bunch of people went away and went, maybe it is actually possible to script this. You know, we think that depending on your risk profile, you probably could script it, which I leads us to the microwave <laughs> hypothesis, which is that, Statistically speaking, it is certain there is at least one more whale we've missed of some kind. Like, it seems ridiculous that there wouldn't be one more, right? Like the, the long tail of probability. And so the micro whale hypothesis, like I say, it's a conspiracy theory, but I love it, is that there is a whale with a massive amount of Juno split into lots of tiny wallets that mean that we can't find them. But they're just operating quietly as one kind of large blo- voting block that's scripted. What, what
3: I would say to the conspiracy theorists is, like, don't hurt your head. Like, <laughs> I mean, Occam's razor
1: applies here, I think, which is that really probably would have seen it. it.
3: We would have noticed. But Well, what about all the accounts with less than one Juno that voted on the governance proposal? Speaking of micro-accounts well, and like yeah. huge, huge well, amounts of the spam.
1: Whale, if you were the micro-whale, what would be the best way of convincing people that the micro-whale didn't exist? We'll be voting to burn the whale, and then everybody goes, whale situation solved for all time, while the micro whale swims off into the distance on 200 million dust accounts.
3: Well, th- th- these, these were accounts that had less than one Juno state.
5: <laughs> but there- Joe, for the <laughs> win!
2: There were so many, like, yeah, less than one Juno, <laughs> <laughs> but like less than 0.0001 Juno. Yeah. <laughs> like they were dust they were just enough yeah. to make the just to make that, vote. but that was completely bad for the network too like that just just adds to the the bloody um block sizes that's spam the, yeah they're spammy. and like but the transaction bloody index and everything it just it's terrible for the network I and mean, there's tens of thousands of those bloody accounts
3: Sorry. No, see, I see, know. I, I, I very much agree with you. It's terrible. State bloat is the worst. Um, I, I, I have wanted to finger Joe as is, is for a very long time, but I'm <laughs> convinced that Joe is not Pubmos. I, I have convinced myself, and I, I think you need to convince yourselves too, because the real Pupmos is out there, and we're going to find them, and we're
4: going to give them all the head scratches. It's the only way to do it, right? If yeah. I were the real Putmos, I would not have a Putmos validator and a Jabby validator. That would be unfair to the network. And so. That would yeah. be exactly what the person that was Putmos
1: would say. <laughs> that was hearing the reason. allegations of Sybil validators against their otherwise quite tight OPSEC. I mean, well, you also I have mean, had a really
4: good theory on that other microwale, So, you know, whatever that would only be i want to hear hear your
1: theories on the micro whale i love the micro whale conspiracy it's one of my favorite things to come out of why would i self-incriminate apart from the micro micro whale right to to quote malcolm tucker in the thick of it right the the last week has been like the shawshank redemption except for way more crawling (laughs) through shit and no fucking redemption
0: right just an endless pipe
1: <laughs> but,
4: but the microwave is like this the is one glimmer of hope. I'm like,
1: this where does this pipe go? Period.
0: I love it. Sh-
4: Shulty had a point, I think. I had a point?
5: What are we talking about? No, no, no I was no, going to say
2: the Jabby and Putmos being a Sybil is only true <laughs> if Jabby doesn't have split personality. So. He he might genuinely not know that he's Pupmos.
0: No, it's like a it's like a Fight Club situation. Like he's up at three a.m. downstairs, like building up Putmos, and then wakes up and he's back to Jabby.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Pupmos tends to operate in a completely different
3: time period. So, what what, what happens when Pupmos and Jabby interact on Twitter within minutes of each other? Is 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 Joe like point. blacking out and then coming back to? Him? He's like, man, something weird happened. I mean, that would be the real Fight Club situation, right? It's not totally original
4: idea. Governor <laughs> Dynamic. And I'm John Nash.
3: Tyler Abbey.
2: Right. Someone, someone, uh, was, someone came up with a theory not long ago that it was uh, Wolf Contract. Pumbos. Yeah.
3: Mm. I know <laughs> Wolf. I, I've, I've, I've known him for a while. Pumbos is far more technical than Wolf is. <laughs> oh, oh, if, if, if you right. read those wolves, they're uh, they're pretty smart wolves. That's uh mm-hmm let's not
0: get into that so,
4: <laughs> so where that.
0: <laughs> where do we go so where do we go now on this prop i think that was one of our points we wanted to get to is like so it's march 23rd we have some we have a the worst negotiation skills from ccn possible by the way like just just learn how to learn how to negotiate but we have some we have some a, a win-win-win kind of proposal put up we have a somewhat of a response kind of from CCN. I think, I think everybody mostly wants some sort of realistic compromise that we can try to hold some ideals around the chain. But at the same time, we want to get past this because I think this doesn't go anywhere but down, right? Like nothing gets built while this happens. This is a topic of conversation for everybody. It's just Negative, and I think everybody wants to move on because that's this is not the goal of what we're everybody's trying to achieve on this call. Plus, everybody who's listening to this, right? So, realistically, what the hell happens from here?
3: Can I can I share my opinion? Sure. I think that what we need to do because we just went through all of the crazy questions that we cannot answer right now about this whole situation and how wild it is. And I think one of the things that's happened is there's this to judgment, there's this like thing, people want to do it. I think the best solutions that have come out, the win-win-win proposal that Wolf posted yesterday, um, some of the other things that are being worked on right now are basically like, let's freeze this account. Let's like put it in a smart contract, have some conditions on that. And like then cooler heads can prevail we can negotiate with th- these folks. We can work to figure out a solution here. Um and like get on with normal business. We've got the looper Kalia upgrade coming up. We got some exciting cross-chain cosmwasm stuff, interchain accounts. Strange Love is like working on interchain account support for the Go Relayer. We have this new uh test framework for IBC chains so that you can spin up any two chains, load them with any smart contracts you want and test complex IBC flows between the two chains using the relayer in a sort of automated, like, unit test type fashion. Um, so, you know, I think that if we freeze this account, like, kick the can forward a little bit and figure out what to do with it, um, yeah, smart contract, no unbonding, no staking, no voting, they don't get any more money from this. We, like, like make sure that the... The threat that this community feels from this governance or this, you know, economic threat that they feel, we neutralize that. And then we try to kind of figure out how to move forward from there. That to me seems like the best option, but who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, and and to be honest, like the, the more we found out about, okay, I need to phrase this carefully, the more that we found out about them and their business practices in my opinion the more it has become clear that our concerns around their influence on governance are not unreasonable
3: they're reasonable in, in in they're my, real opinion. they're in really, my, really really
1: reasonable yeah strictly I think, in my, strictly in my opinion you understand for the purposes of british law um but the, 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 it really it really really is the case that that like you know that the, we went. I think everybody who went into this even slightly indifferent has now had to read everything that has been posted, read all of the informa- different information that's come out, and then like take a more concrete position. And yeah, the, it seems to me like the the one thing that I think that ev- ev- everybody presumably by now has seen the counter proposal that came out today, which I think Jack described as delusional, I or desc- something like that. I think I described it as unworkable. I think. Y- it, without removing voting power, i.e. influence on governance, and without removing staking, nobody is happy. The community is not happy. Validators aren't happy. Devs aren't happy. So that has to be the absolute basis of anything we do moving forward. And like you say, the smart contract unity prop can accommodate
3: that. Their, their proposal said, we want to keep our governance vote. We want to keep staking. We want to keep getting rewards. Like, that's literally the status All things quo. All people don't want them to have. <laughs> that's what's happening right now.
1: That's called having your fucking cake and eating it, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah,
3: that's like, that's like pretending like nothing happened and that 98% of steak didn't vote for this thing. Yeah. And, like, without... I, I think that we probably could have gotten a higher percentage of steak to vote for it if we had planned it a little bit better. Like... That's I've not like higher percentage of stake total turnout. I think we would have gotten a higher percentage of stake yes if we had planned it a little bit better. Wow. Like that's wild. So now, it's it, it, that is an absolutely wild statistic. I, in my all of my time in proof of stake blockchains, I've never seen anything like that. Not even close. And the, the turnout percent. 98% no never seen it never seen anything above 90 I think Akash got to 80 89% on one proposal one time and I was like this is wild you can probably go find my tweet from the time I'm like records and proof of stake governance and like nothing nothing like just, that. just to clarify though that that wasn't um,
2: 98% of participants that was 98% of stake so that includes
3: validators um, participating on behalf of stakers Yes, um, I think that, so I think any way you measure this, this is sort of a record-breaking governance proposal. Percentage of stake, you're absolutely right, is influenced by the number of validators voting. We had unprecedented validator turnout. That's pretty cool. Um, If you look at the absolute number of votes, even excluding the Juno accounts that had less than one Juno, um, there's still like thirty or 40,000 people voting for this thing, individuals. I have a friend who's a lawyer. He's been investing in Terra and Cosmos and a bunch of stuff since like early 2020. Can I, I hooked them? him up with Kepler. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> I hooked him up with Kepler. I like showed him how to do all this stuff. He's been like staking Luna and doing DeFi protocols, but he has never voted in a governance proposal until this. And I think that there are many, many cosmonauts out there who this was their first governance experience. And that's cool. It's fantastic. Yeah. I think that's bullish for Juno. You know, Noel, you said earlier like this canon does hurt the network in some ways, but I think that what this also shows is there's a ton of you name, you, there's a a ton of enthusiasm behind this network, and people really love it, and they want to keep contributing to it. And that, in my mind, that's bullish. Engagement good. More and more people getting more and more excited about this. That's good. That means that when we launch the next version of DowDow, when we have these really exciting interchanges for our contracts, we got all of the coolest shit on Juno because we got all the coolest devs working on it. Like, Yeah, absolutely. To, to yeah. be fair, I, I think it only hurts I got to I gotta, I gotta jump here. Sorry, guys. I, I have a meeting at five. Um, anyway, very much l- enjoyed this and looking forward to doing this again next week. I will see you guys on the next Game of notes. See you, man.
0: See you, Wednesday. Later, buddy. See ya.
3: Yeah. So, just on what
2: Jack was saying, to be fair, from what I said before, I, I think it only hurts Juno temporarily. It's like uh, you know, like I said to um, the fray, two months down the road, no one even remembers this. Maybe even a month. It's uh, once it's put to bed,
5: it's done. No one, no one will remember. No, I think I make that's a little dismissive. I think that yeah, well, there's more potential for it helping the network than it does hindering it, right? Because if we are setting president, regardless of what president we're setting, then people are going to be looking into it. Like this, this is quite literally a case that if there's a course on crypto on in a college in a university, this is going to be in it because there's statements out here. There's lots of public statements of different positions that are being taken, and it kind of shows the power and the significance of decentralization right so i think that showing like the fact that it's going to be so broad scale potentially i think that it's a really great voice um, for what juno is and what juno can develop further into
2: so so not to dismiss the you know the prop but i mean we've already done it prop four it got voted down no one talked about it until prop 16 I don't remember hearing any discourse about it after at all. And it was a big thing at the time. And But at the time, people weren't as invested in it because not many people had paid for their tokens. It was all airdrop tokens. Now you've got people are much more vocal now, I think, because there's a lot more people who have invested in Juno, not just received Juno. Um, so, you know, but in terms of longevity of the conversation, I don't know, but Prop 4, once it got voted out, that was it. We never heard about it again
5: that are a member. I think that that would be true if 16 had gone down. If 16 had said no and we decided we're leaving it, then I think that would be the end of the conversation. Um, there would be a lot of contention yep. now, what have you. But the fact that it went yes and that ultimately what is going to happen is a an account with $125 million or 100 million now um, is potentially going to be sucked out of a wallet um, by choice that's what makes it a more interesting and more compelling conversation. And I think that's what's going to cement it into textbooks as like the first really big proof-of-stake um, instance where governance... Well, it's just
1: like a, a really interesting case of like code as law, right? Because you can say code as law on a proof-of-work blockchain, but you have no complicated governance structures, whereas in proof-of-stake, ostensibly, you do have an electorate Right. But every I think I was saying this to Miao um, the other day, like, you know, you have like um, in, in most mature electoral systems, you have some kind of idea of separation of judiciary, um, electorate and law. Right. So we kind of have law, we have code and code implies very heavily, if, if not actively says like the, the wallet balances are immutable. Right. It makes that very heavy assumption, if not actually lays it down as law, because you can't alter them other than doing an upgrade and forcibly mutating chain state and then coming back up with a new upgrade. I would say that's as close to law as you can actually get with programming, you know, barring the halting problem and lots of other fun computer science holes in, you know, code actually having a fixed meaning, right? It all gets a bit postmodern but then we have this other thing that we don't have which is a judiciary to rule on what that means right so who what's the judiciary that's presumably devs right in this case in you know in, in the absence of an actual because we don't have a constitution we don't have a social contract right so we have devs who interpret the code and they say well this is what it says and this would be what changing it involves and so i think there is a there is a, like an element to this whole controversy, and I've seen a lot of it as a dev and as a validator who has said, um, number one, implementing this is radioactive. I'm not going to do it because legal implications. And frankly, I do believe that wallet balances should be mutable. Sorry, I think they should be changed only by transactions by the signer. You know, it takes a lot for a state or a bank to change a bank balance. And if we're not going to adhere to that same principle in crypto, what's the point of what we're doing? That's that's my honest opinion. That's just like my opinion, man, to quote the Big Lebowski, but it is my opinion. Um, but, you know, that that push, we, because we don't have this uh, like codified social contract or like a constitution or whatever, it ends up being the situation where the devs are effectively acting as a judiciary in terms of making a, a reasoning or a ruling. But we have no authority to do so because there's no social contract that says we should do so. But to the devs and the validators... It's kind of obvious when we're in a room together. We feel like we have a responsibility to the chain because we have a lot of skin in the game, right? And we care about the yeah. the, the success of the chain over the long term and the principles that we see written into the code. When we, you know, we read it and go, "Okay, well, okay this is our interpretation of how it's going to work," and you know whether or not this thing should be changed. So. All of that aside, I think there is a really interesting thing here, which maybe, given that we don't have a a codified constitution, this big impasse we've reached right now, which is essentially devs and validators kind of saying they're not going to run the code in one way, shape, or form. A large portion of people are not going to interact with it. Is actually governance working as well as it can, given the circumstances? Because that tension between a judiciary and an electorate is literally the definition of a healthy democracy. It's just that we haven't codified it. So what's fascinating to me is that this has organically happened, right? We've literally seen a governance system mature to a separation of electorate and judiciary-type system by accident in about a week caused by this tension. And the other thing that's interesting is that that separation and that dispute took the vote, which was, you know, we all have different opinions on it. But it's now brought people back to a position where people on both sides have realized they have to compromise as a result of this, both the devs and validators, who are generally on one side, but not exclusively, and um, members of the community who are generally on the other side, but not exclusively. But what it's actually meant is that that separation has brought people more towards the center into realizing that a compromise may be necessary. And like all compromises, everybody will be unhappy. But like Nell says, we'll have forgotten about it in two weeks. So the interesting thing for me about what comes out of this is whether or not we can actually arrive at a compromise that we can then take forward and codify, right? Because you could write a, a political science PhD on this if so, you know yeah I mean, heck if I didn't have so much bloody rust code to write, I'd write it. i mean i don't get accepted to write it from anywhere, but it would be
0: interesting <clears> wouldn't it um yeah, sorry, I've been rambling I'm gonna shut up for a second now No, i and I think if the c c n team is watching this, please learn how to compromise like try to understand what was been put out there, try to be able to work a little bit and work let's work towards the middle a little bit because i I agree that any the back to the fence situation either side of that is pretty brutal um and it's. I think it's both. Both sides are really damaging to the chain. So it's got to be something in the middle. Like it has to be something where we work out where, where we hold up, uphold really the code of conduct and laws around the immutable blockchain. At the same time, we're trying to solve something that maybe should not have happened. And so I think there has to be some work within there to be able to do that. Could you? Could you guys imagine? I'm not saying this is going to happen, but, but could you imagine the fallout of a past Prop seventeen, where forty percent of the validators skip that block and the chain halts. Like, could you imagine that situation where we have a stopped upgrade? Then what? Like, then then there's nothing to move. Nothing's happening. Then Evmos. <laughs> <laughs> like, where where does that go? How do you, communication of that how to be able to build that back up is that forked at that point like what a freaking disaster like
1: that would I be the token price goes to zero and we we have to port all our co- all of our smart contract code to Kerberos right you, you
0: can't <laughs> sell anything right oh my goodness like no no it is Kerberos no, it is, no it's not.
1: yeah Kerberos has smart contracts, doesn't it or did I imagine no, no, that yeah oh, there's no one I, well, is there was well. I felt like there was, if not, if not, maybe now's the time for Doge and Wasm. I've been saying it for months. I've been saying it. Doge, I'm bullish on Doge and Wasm.
2: What, we could no, I, I, rich, what, what are you doing? Enrich me.
1: I <laughs> mean, I mean, Chihuahua forked Juno and Juno partially forked osmosis. So, I mean, we, it would be doing ourselves a service to make Doge and Wasm. That's what I'm saying.
2: Just just fork uh, Chihuahua and launch before they do their launch.
1: <laughs> Why would you fork Chihuahua when, when we literally, well, then, half the people on this call work on core Juno? We could just fork Juno. Yeah, but it'd just be funnier because Chihuahua would fork be quite Juno. Funny. That would be funny. It would be kind of low-key funny, but also hassle to fork Chihuahua and then incorporate the Juno improvements since their fork of Juno back into the Chihuahua fork to make Doge and Wasm a Wasm chain.
2: Plot twist. What if uh, Chihuahua did it better?
1: I mean, <laughs> we're all, look, we're all, no, as you well know, we're all just copy pastoring our own code and other people's code in this, in this, in this chat. <laughs> Apart from Jabby, who probably writes very, very solid code. Don't, I have a feeling the, that Jabby's code is
4: chef's kiss. Don't say the quiet things out loud.
2: um yeah back to the inside voice i guess um so we did have other things that we were going to talk about today but i think um it's probably better just to leave this episode as a um prop 16 talk and then uh you know crack on with some other exciting stuff next week what do you guys think we're up to an hour
1: yeah, we've got we've got some cool stuff on our slate for next week, aren't we? And we can we can harass Jack about Horcrux next week as well. Um, so should we should we do should we do closing question? Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's make this a regular thing. Let's end with some, yep. end with some positivity. So, um, what are we most excited about in the next week? Uh, Shorty, do you want to go first? Because you're like the most wholesome guy here.
5: Uh give me a pass <laughs> and I'll come come back around to me.
1: <laughs> okay, well that 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 was a bit of a damn squib. All right, come on now, <laughs> help. help us out. Most excited for next week.
2: Sorry, did you say me? Yeah. Oh you shit, did. man. I uh <clears throat> can, can we just uh <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> There's um yeah, there's not much really. I haven't seen much going on in the next week, to be honest. I've been skulking around. We've got the um, we've got the craft test net coming up, which I'm pretty excited about because, uh, especially if they've got some of their um, you know application running on that uh, test net, I, I don't know if, if many people here are gamers, but um, like I, I know people who are fully into Minecraft, and I'm pretty excited to see if it's workable with what they've come up with. And, and what they've come up with. Um, been waiting a really long time as well uh, for it. So excited to see that, I guess, is one thing that I'm looking forward to. And I believe that is imminent. So I can say that's what I'm looking
1: forward to this week. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. usurper with your very slick branding.
0: Uh, you like it? At least it didn't shut off this week. So, uh, yeah, actually j- they just posted the Genesis while we were on this call. So it, things are happening. So it looks like they're going to try to launch uh, tomorrow at some point, which is, which is really good, or at least a test that's going to be launching tomorrow. Uh, Crescent network came out with their test network. Um, so that's going somewhere. Um, I think last week, my thing I was excited about was Evmos. So, knowing that something was coming and I did hear that this week something is coming. So it's only Wednesday, but I'm hoping we're going to hear a little bit more coming out of the validator structure there about what the plan is going forward. I know there was a Twitter space, I think yesterday or today, I missed it, unfortunately. Um, So that's exciting to see, like there's, there's some movement there and I think there's some, maybe some decisions within there. Um, So that's all good stuff, man. That's great. Oh, and obviously number one on that list is Juno Testnet upgrades always the highlight of my weeks by far. So it's like, a
1: very convenient time for Null as well. I gather. Did you, I mean, honestly, did you do it at 3am again? I Same think no, it's, four. it's four. It's actually better. 4am. I think it's 4am for you, man. Well,
2: that's, it's only an hour earlier than what I usually get up anyway. So.
1: You get up at
3: 5am.
2: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I get up at 5am and uh catch up on, uh, Drama. Uh, discord it and um <laughs> telegram before i like
1: yeah i was telling now i like to get. reduce my hours on other projects because there's not enough time to catch up with the drama at the moment <laughs> yep so those are all good things it's a good week jabby, jabby what are you what are you excited
4: about nothing nothing at all <laughs> <laughs> big um, ass sandwiches i'm just simply <clears throat> barely barely skating by in life and hoping to not die no. Uh, so the establishment of soon, the Jabbing? carbon
1: market. Isn't Pupmost releasing something soon? Maybe you have some idea of what Pupmost might be releasing that might be no exciting.
4: I have, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, the establishment of carbon market on Osmosis, I think that's going to be really interesting to see um, sort of what's been elusive to the general public of, you know, Sort of carbon trading that happens between large judicial bodies and governments to sort of offset things and, and to make that more accessible um, I, I think will really drive a lot of interesting use cases as we ultimately begin to agree that the planet's melting, and you know we uh, we don't like that, but what do I know I'm just a guy. I should stick into my hole of crypto. <laughs>
1: I mean, but, but, I mean, it's it's also like you say, like as soon as we start looking at like, if okay, let's make the assumption that it works and it and it can go somewhere interesting. We're we're in a position where we have IBC contracts that can do all 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 hell of stuff, right? From publishing to whatever to media delivery to to what anything your heart could desire, really. Combining that with the ability to, you know, interact with state with um, carbon credits on like a kind of buying or staking basis or whatever, like, you know, imagine Medium, but every time you clap, it's actually like the underlying token is in some way pegged to carbon credits that are actually being traded or, you know, given to some kind of NGO that could action them in a meaningful way. I mean, the, look, financialization of everything is unlikely to save the world. Let's be honest, but. It could. You never know. We should try everything at this point.
4: So you're you're saying that you want the clap to be easier to transmit?
1: <laughs>
4: yeah. Via yeah, blockchain. Yeah. yeah. that's
1: basically I want it to be on the blockchain and have something that's going to make me feel good about a right, right, planet but right, without yeah. doing anything to actually change my personal impact.
4: That's <laughs> really cool. I love it. Done. And you have to So let's it. just about we all
1: on-chain clap coming Q1 to <laughs> Q2 2022. You heard it here. Um, you know, like it's actually, it actually no something. joke. <laughs> no joke might be working on something. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see about that. Um, Shorty, have you, uh, have you come up with yours?
5: Yeah, you know, since this entire conversation is about Prop 16, I think I'm actually really excited for the way government ha- governance has been um, developing over the last few months in general this isn't over the last next week but like if you look at osmosis their government governance it was almost always maximum yes every single time very reliable Um, same for secret network and you're starting to see more activity in learning about what's actually happening the proposal more um, discussions happening on it. Uh, I think one downside of it is that there are people that do get really engaged and they get really excited about it and they end up retaliating against their validators. We validated or we, we voted no. So let's let's like raise it to Reddit and tell everyone to delegate away. And I think that it's a really important point to make is that the fact that they're actually voting and engaging is should be blotted, you know, even on osmosis, when everything was passing with 30%, 40%, whatever, that means 60 or 70% weren't voting. And really the people that aren't engaging with the network, those are the ones that should be shamed, not the ones that vote a certain direction. If they vote a certain direction, then just reach out to them and say, hey, why, why did you vote this way? And try and engage a conversation. I know that, I know all of you that have engaged in the conversation and I know many of the validators, they've seen these conversations happening and then they get engaged. And the reality is We're all people, we have our our own viewpoints. If you share your viewpoint, then we get to learn it and then we get to kind of ingest it and that might change our vote. It's really important to note that if a prop comes live on like the first and it ends on the eighth and they vote yes on the first, that vote doesn't actually matter until the eighth actually hits. So they can change it and that's okay. So if you see something that's awry, start a conversation. calling people out on reddit maybe that's not the best way of going about it but the fact that there's so much engagement i think is, is really exciting
1: okay i'm not gonna that's that's a really good answer and i'm not gonna get into this maybe we should get into it on a future episode but <laughs> secret ballots huh mm-hmm. yeah that's on, on that that's note. What i've been thinking a lot about yeah. recently <laughs> yeah um but yeah, no. I mean, sure, yes. Yeah, that's really. I. I, I think I've. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm really excited for where this is going to take governance yet next. I. Th- I think and hope that we'll come to a good compromise on Juno. That means that we can all stay, happily working on it for many years to come and stuff. And it's going to be one of those things we kind of look at in the rearview mirror. But regardless of how it kind of pans out, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that now happens from governance and certainly a yeah. lot of the projects that I'm working on and working with people are either at kind of smart contract level or a chain level about how we move governance forward. And a lot of the ideas we were kind of going like, oh, but what if X happened has just played out in the last two weeks? And we just have like a concrete use case where we're now like proven. There we are. Done. We're not wasting our time. Um, So that's really exciting. But exciting the next week is that I'm going to be hopefully getting Horcrux uh, uh, Horcrux set up in prod on our Kerberos validator. And that's what I'm excited about because I've been wanting to nerd out over that shit for absolutely weeks. <laughs> and, and Prop 16 completely derailed my like, cool, I'm going to get to do some op stuff and it's going to be sick. Um, so that's what I'm excited about next week, which is a really dorky, unexciting thing. Like everybody's kind of got the high minded stuff and I'm like, I get to play around with some new tech. Yeah, yeah like,
2: I'm actually excited to see you run Horcrux in prod. <laughs>
1: Well, rather rather me than you, huh? Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, I think everyone, uh, a couple of weeks back when he's said that he was joining Juno using Horcrux. I think we were all like, oh, report back. We all need to know how it went. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know if it's a really bad idea.
1: I've
2: right, exactly honestly right. been looking at Horcrux for like six months. Like, Jack put out some versions of it a long time ago. Never been game enough to pull the trigger. Um, but I'm pretty sure that um, Strange Love run virtually all of their main nets on Horcrux, so it can't be that uh, unstable. <laughs> um, anyway, do we want to wrap it up?
1: Let's do it. So, okay, so everybody, thanks for joining us. This has been Game of Nodes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. New episodes <laughs> every week at 2300 hours, UTC, uh, and episodes will go up on podcast players afterwards, thanks to the man with the plan, Usurper, and I just pointed the wrong direction because I'm mirrored, hey, uh, and I'm not actually sure that the tiling is the same for everybody. Regardless, um, thanks, yeah, so you can access this wherever you like, uh, and obviously we're going to be doing the live streams here on YouTube we're also going to be having new guests on every week, and we're going to start announcing those coming out So, uh, moving forward. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Game of Nodes underscore at the end because we're sly like that, um, and we'll be announcing guests and stuff as we know them and uh, shout us out with any other topics that you think we should cover, and we probably will, except just not in this episode because we end up talking about Prop 16 for the entire thing. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Say bye, everybody.